Hello, I'm Matthew Bay, a senior analyst at Stratfor, a Rain company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, Rain's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence analysis. Sign up for the free Stratfor newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. Welcome to Rain's Essential Geopolitics podcast, powered by Stratfor. I'm Emily Donahue. Slovenia will hold the rotating presidency of the European Union during the second half of 2021. The country has said that one of its priorities will be adding candidate countries in the Western Balkans to the EU. But this is a massive challenge, considering the historical problems in the region. Here with details is Adriana Bassoni, Stratfor Senior Europe Analyst at Rain. Welcome back, Adriano. Hi, Emily. Nice talking with you again. It's good to have you here. Why would countries in the Western Balkans want to join the EU? There are currently five candidates to join the EU. Albania, North Macedonia, Montenegro, Serbia and Turkey. And in addition to other countries, Bosnia, Herzegovina and Kosovo have shown interest in joining the EU. With the exception of Turkey, these are all countries in the Western Balkans, which explains why Slovenia and other countries in the region are interested in their accession to the bloc. Um, EU member states in Central Europe think that joining the EU will make Balkan countries more stable and more prosperous. And, And for the Western Balkan countries themselves, joining the EU represents an opportunity to increase their standards of living because the EU has billions of euros in programs and subsidies to help its poorer member states. Being a member of the EU opens the door to free trade with a bloc of 500 million consumers. It makes countries more attractive to foreign investors. It creates opportunities for nationals from these countries to travel, study and work uh, in the EU and so on. So the economic and social benefits of EU memberships are clear for countries in the Western Balkans. But of course, joining the EU is not easy because candidate countries have to implement structural reforms in their economies and their political institutions. They have to incorporate EU rules and laws to comply with the bloc's standards. This explains why um, the accession process usually takes years, if not decades, because the negotiations are broken into multiple policy areas that are negotiated one by one. You laid out the benefits of joining the EU, but what are the main obstacles for these candidate countries? Well, countries in the Western Balkans face technical and political challenges in their quest to join the EU. Um, The technical challenges are connected to meeting the EU criteria on issues like corruption, the rule of law, the fight against organized crime, the protection of minorities, the reduction of state intervention in the economy, and so on. These are all very important obstacles because many of the candidate countries are not full market economies. They do not have strong political institutions. Corruption is still a problem. The rule of law is weak. Some still struggle with minority issues and so on. But these are technical issues that could over time be resolved. I would argue that the main challenges are actually political. For instance, before Serbia can join the EU, 
the EU wants Serbia to quote-unquote normalize its relations with Kosovo, its former province, which declared independence uh, more than a decade ago. Uh, the EU is not officially asking Serbia to recognize Kosovo's independence, but of course normalization on the ground means a de facto recognition of Kosovo's independence. This is a huge deal for Belgrade, which still has significant disputes with Kosovo. Macedonia is another example. For decades, Greece opposed Macedonia's accession to the EU and NATO because Athens argued that Skopje could not use the name Macedonia because it implied a territorial claims over the Greek region of the same name. After years of negotiations, Macedonia actually agreed to change its name to North Macedonia. But now Bulgaria, which is another EU member state, is threatening to veto Northern Macedonia's EU accession because of disputes over their shared culture, language, heritage, and the status of minorities. We have to keep in mind that to accept new member states, EU member states have to vote using unanimity, which means that every one of the 27 members of the EU has veto power over new candidate countries, which explains why Greece, um, Bulgaria and others have often threatened to veto the, the, the incorporation of new member states. And then there are countries like Bosnia, which are so fragile and so dysfunctional that have a lot to work out internally before they can even think of joining the EU. The country is, still faces internal problems within its Serbian, Croatian and Bosniak communities that threaten its viability as a United States in the future. But while all these disputes are problematic, there is an even bigger um, challenge, in my opinion. The European Union itself does not want any additional member states. The EU accepted 12 new countries between 2004 and 2007, and then it accepted Croatia in 2013. Some Western EU countries, like France, believe that the EU has expanded too fast and has become too large, too cumbersome to manage. They claim that the EU should focus on deepening the integration between the current member states instead of accepting new member states that could make the bloc even harder to manage. Some countries also argue that accepting poor countries with a weak rule of law could weaken the EU's institutions. So I think the EU's so-called enlargement fatigue is actually the main obstacle um, for, the, for the candidate countries. Adriano, you spoke a lot about um, the EU and how it feels about the accession of these countries. But what could happen in the Western Balkans if the promise of EU accession doesn't materialize? Well, the promise of EU accession is a significant foreign policy tool for the EU. By promising that they will eventually join the bloc and by giving them millions of euros in pre-accession funding, Brussels maintains some degree of influence over countries in the Western Balkans. Brussels can pressure these countries to introduce political and economic reforms and to make some foreign policy decisions because, in exchange, they will get closer to the EU. The problem is what happens if this promise of accession is no longer credible. I think a weaker promise of EU accession could have lots of implications for Western Balkan countries. To begin with, 
it could slow down the process of economic and institutional reform. Of course, these countries want to become more attractive to foreign investments and to create jobs regardless of EU accession, which means that they will still want to implement reforms. The problem is that the reform process could be much slower without credible EU pressure, and as a result, these countries could struggle to raise their standards of living. Then there's the issue of these countries not becoming more democratic and transparent. If joining the EU is no longer on the table, governments in the Western Balkans could turn to populism, nationalism, authoritarianism to remain in power. This will not necessarily result in a return to violence in the Balkans, but the combination of nationalism and populism could create conflicts between these countries and also within them, as many of, of, of these countries are multi-ethnic states with unresolved minority disputes. And finally, a weaker promise of EU accession could also open the door to non-EU countries becoming more influential in the region. China, Russia, Turkey, to name a few, are all active in the Western Balkans, offering financial and political support to some of these governments. I want to be clear about this. We can't look at the situation in black and white terms. I am not saying that Russia or China will replace the EU, because, of course, Moscow and Beijing are not interested in becoming permanent sponsors of these governments and to pay for bridges and schools and the kind of things that EU money pays for. But what I'm saying is that at a time of tense ties between the EU, China, Russia and Turkey, the Western Balkans is one of the several areas of geopolitical competition between them. Adriana Bassoni is Stratfor Senior Europe Analyst at RAIN. Thank you, Adriano. Thanks, Emily. RAIN's Essential Geopolitics podcast is powered by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's leading geopolitical intelligence platform. Sign up today for our free newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thank you.